Riddle Me That is brought to you by Anchor, the easiest way to make a podcast. Use creation tools right from your phone and your computer, and Anchor will distribute your podcast to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. And it's free. And now, your host, Alex Riddle. Riddle, 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 Riddle. What is up, everybody? You're tuning in to the Riddle Me That podcast with your host, Alex Riddle. On today's episode, we're going to be diving into some college hoops. The number six ranked fighting Illini, I-L-L-I-N-I, takedown, number 10, Duke, in a beatdown. It wasn't really ever a game. Uh, this was at Cameron Indoor, uh, Duke's home floor, so kind of a surprising but not surprising defeat as Duke really seems to be struggling right now and Illinois seems to be flooring, so we'll talk about what this does for the Fighting Illini's program going forward. Awesome win. We're also going to be talking some college football today as it was just announced yesterday that Ohio State, despite not playing six games, will be in the Big Ten Championship Against my Northwestern Wildcats. Rah, 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 rah. So Indiana fans probably feeling down. But ultimately, I think it's the right decision. But we'll dive into that and discuss if it was fair, was Indiana robbed, or was ultimately just the right decision. We also have our Ficked Cup Week 13 overview And week 14 preview, which is the playoffs. It's playoffs time in fantasy land. Who's in? Who's out? You'll have to find out. Earlier this week on Tuesday, the number six ranked fighting Illini after coming off a tough loss against number two Baylor. Steamroll Duke on their home floor. It was a beatdown. You know, we, me and my roommate Coughlin had the game on our side screen. And we never really put our full interest in it. Because, well, we had the Cowboys against the Ravens on some Tuesday night football action, COVID edition. And the fighting line I just, you know, never really caught our attention because they were beating them down the entire game. I think it was like 16-4 to to start. After the game, of course, Coach K coming out and saying, I don't even know why we're playing during this pandemic, then don't play. Take your team out. I hate, I hate when a a power team, you know, like Duke, North Carolina, Kansas, one of those teams makes an excuse. You have an amazing recruiting class. Yes, you have a lot of freshmen, but that's no excuse. You know, you come out to play, you signed up to play, and the fact that you're going to play a game against the number, you guys were, yeah, favorites of the game, but you're also four spots lower than Illinois. You're playing a Damn good Illinois team. So show them some respect. I hated that. Yes, obviously we're playing during a pandemic. It's unprecedented times. But to come out during after a loss and being like, hey, you know, our players aren't there. I don't know why we're playing during. It's that's total BS. I that just lost. I mean, I have nothing against Shashevsky, but he definitely went down in my moral grade after that game. I it's just something you know. It's 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 just an excuse, and the fact that you know he's you know he was saving that in his back pocket. Uh, to use in case they lost. And they got steamrolled. So you know what? Credit Illinois. Pennick or not. 
They kicked her ass. Move on. And I'm sure Duke will. I'm sure by the end of the year, you know, we'll be seeing Duke as a, you know, two, three C like like they usually are. Right? To his defense, Kentucky's going through the same thing right now. They have a great team, but they're also all freshmen. So on these first few games, you know, they're playing tough games. They're going to be there by the end of the year. Give them a season to play together, especially with the pandemic. I do agree. A lot of teams haven't had a real chance to really play together, you know, and that really goes for a freshman team because they really haven't played together at all. It's not like, you know, Illinois has some upperclassmen, so they're definitely, you know, they're all used to each other, so not playing as much, they're able to pick it up. Duke, on the other hand, you know, they're all new to each other, so they're not going to be good right away. But at the same time, they set up the schedule. I mean, not the players, but the, you know, the university. They knew what they were getting themselves into. So take this as a learning curve. Move on. No excuses. For Illinois, this is a huge win. I can't tell you the last time, well, I can't tell you the first time that Illinois has been ranked top five since the D. Brown, Darren Williams era, where they went to the national championship, lost to North Carolina, but ultimately had, you know, their best season ever. They're on that pace right now. And yes, I'm a huge Northwestern fan, Chicago's Big Ten team, Alex Rill's Big Ten team, but I'm on the Illini train. Call me jumping on the bandwagon, but you know what? I'm all about the Illini. They're fun to watch. Uh, they got Osomo and Kofi Coburn. Huge chemistry right there. I love the coach in Underwood. The coach from Augustana College, where I went to school, uh, Giovanni, they're really good friends. So I knew about, so when Underwood first came to Illinois and they weren't that good yet, I knew about Underwood because I knew that my coach had a relationship with, a relationship with him. And ultimately, damn, Underwood has changed this program. He's changed the recruiting class. And a win like this against number 10 Duke at Duke only bodes well for the future because recruits are going to see that and be like, damn, this seems for real. So watch out for the fighting Illini for the next five, ten years to come because they seem like you know they've been so bad for so long. They're on the come up of something special right here. I hope they go all the way this year. You know they are they are a team I can get around to go to the Final Four, make Illinois proud. I mean we haven't had a lot of Illinois proudness lately with sports. So if, if the Fighting Illini are the team that's going to do it, bring it on Illini. So yesterday it was announced that the Ohio State Buckeyes will be qualified to play in the Big Ten Championship game against Northwestern. The rules previously stated that you had to play at least six games to qualify, but the Big Ten ultimately changed that. Uh, Ohio State wasn't able to play uh, the last three out of four games because of COVID, but they're obviously... Deserving to play in the game. They're number four in the country right now. They hold the last spot in the college football playoff. They also beat Indiana head-to-head. I think that's the biggest argument here when Indiana fans are going to say it's rigged because Ohio State changed it. I think if it was flipped the other way around, that they would agree that, you know, if Indiana were to beat Ohio State, and they were, you know, they'd still be undefeated. They'd be in, but they lost. And it was a good game. They fought hard. But they don't deserve to be in, I don't think, because of the head-to-head loss. And yes, Ohio State didn't get six games in. 
They changed the rules. But at the end of the day, I believe it's the right call. And you know what? I wanted to see the Hoosiers in there. I wanted to see the Hoosiers against Northwestern. I would rather have Northwestern play the Hoosiers than Ohio State. You know, Ohio State's a good-ass team. But at the end of the day, I, you know, it's hard for me to side with a team like Ohio State. You know, they've been good for so long. I'm not, I'm not an Ohio State fan. I'm not rooting for them. But I believe it's fair because they beat Indiana head-to-head. And I think it's kind of stupid anyway that that's the rule that you have to play six games. Like, I understand but at the end of the day, they deserve to be in the championship. And it's just the way it's just the way it goes. Indiana has had their best year in a decade for football. They've had they've surpassed all preconceived notions of what their football team is gonna be. And they're gonna get a good ass bowl game this year. They might even get the they should get a New Year's six. Uh, even with their quarterback, uh Penix being out for the season, their new quarterback, Tuttle is also really good. They just whooped down Wisconsin last weekend. Indiana is for real. They're going to get a good ball, but ultimately, it's Ohio State. Ohio State is Ohio State. They've looked good this year. They they deserve to play. And I think ultimately, even if the rules said that they weren't going to be able to play in the Big Ten Championship, I still think that they'd make the Final Four. But that's when it gets trickier because then you have teams like Florida, Texas A&M, right outside, Cincinnati, right outside the top four. It's like, okay, well, if they win their conference championship games, how does that affect Ohio State? So, ultimately, Ohio State needs this to make it easier for the committee because then that'd be a shit show, which already is a shit show. But at the end of the day, you know, those four teams in Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, Ohio State, I don't see them moving anywhere. Even if Alabama loses in their conference championship, they're they're still going to be there. So, I guess... I guess if you have a team like Florida that beats Alabama, then what do you do? Who do you who do you take out? Do you take out Alabama, or do you leave them in there and also put Florida in there? That's I would love to see the Gators win that game. That would be awesome. The Gators and Kyle Trask, who I believe should win the Heisman this year, have a real legit shot to beat Alabama in the conference championship game. I if the, if Florida wins. Shit's getting wild. I can't wait for that game. Riddle's rant of the week. My Riddle's rant of the week goes out to the Northwestern Wildcats basketball team. God, they they put me in shambles. Me and my dad both last night. I called my dad last night. Five minutes left in their game against Pitt. Northwestern. Up literally the entire game. And then they blow it. They're up by... It gets to the point where they're up by 5 points with 48 seconds left. Pitt hits a couple baskets. Northwestern ends up only being up by 1 with 18 seconds left. Double bonus. Boo Booey, best player. A couple of bricks of the line. Pittsburgh goes on the floor. Easy dunk with 5 seconds left. The rest is history. Their first lead of the game. It was heartbreaking. You know, I called my dad because I was like, you know what? It's going to be a tough season in the Big Ten this year, but hopefully we can get this win against a mediocre pit team who is okay, but not really that good. And we just couldn't get it done. It's just the same Northwestern basketball team. They actually, you know, we were crediting them. We were, oh, they actually look pretty decent this year. Nope, same team. And, and we called it too. We were on the phone, and we're just like, yeah, they're not going to win this game. Like, you know, they, they just can't seem 
to close out games, no matter who it is. And I mean, literally, when they were up by, they were up by three with 30 seconds left, they just throw it away. Boo Booey gets it in the back of the corner, gets trapped, throws it away. It's just something that you learn in fourth grade not to do. Don't go to the corner and pick up your dribble. And that's exactly what it did. They, they can't handle the pressure. They can't make free throws when it counts. They can't make one free throw. We said would have if we would have hit one, we would have at least gone to overtime against this team who I could still see winning in overtime, you know, we're at home. But no, it's Heartbreak City. It, and the rest is history this year. You know, the, the Big Ten season's gonna start. And it's not gonna be pretty for for the for the Northwestern Wildcats as they have to go up against teams like Iowa, Wisconsin, U of I, Ohio State. We have about the whole conference ranked besides Northwestern. So RIP Northwestern basketball. Luckily we got the football team. I'll do it for you guys. Chief or Spotlight of the Week. My G4 spot of the week goes out to the fight between Floyd Mayweather and Logan Paul that's going to happen. I'm so excited for this fight. We finally get to see one of the Paul brothers get their lights knocked out. I can't believe this fight's happening. I mean, I I don't know what Logan Paul thinks is going to happen. He can be as cocky as he wants on social media. But when he gets in that ring with Floyd Mayweather, he might not make it out alive. I don't know how this fight got approved. I think everyone's just kind of tired seeing the Paul brothers troll the world. Yes, Logan Paul's brother, Jake Paul, kicked the crap out of Nate Robinson, knocked him out. Nate Robinson is an amateur fighter who was participating in his first fight ever. It's hype that Jake Paul was able to you know, surpass the trash talk, able to back it up. Yes, that's lit. But... Now you're going up against the best, or his brother's going up against the best fighter ever, and he's just like, yeah, I'm going to take him out. It just sounds like LeVar Ball when he's like, I can beat Michael Jordan in a one-on-one game. Like, you can talk as much crap as you want. It's crazy how much the media will make you want to believe that, wow, can does Logan Paul actually have a ch- like, stand a chance? No. Logan Paul is going to get wrecked. Yes, you know what? The, I've seen videos of these guys training. They're jacked. They actually train hard. You know, they... They could have a future in some sort of fighting, but let's hold our horses here, Paul Brothers. This is Floyd motherfucking Mayweather we are talking about. I can't wait to see you get the shit knocked out of you, Logan Paul. My flick of the week this week. I'm I'm taking it back a decade. Friday Night Lights, the TV show. I've seen it twice. My roommate Coughlin started rewatching it. I hopped on the train. I highly advise for you guys to do the same. I'm sure most of you guys have seen the show, but I've actually talked to most of my friends that haven't seen it. It is a top three show right up there with Breaking Bad. I'm telling you, it's a classic. It's unbelievable. You have 10 different characters that all provide a spark to the show. You got Coach Taylor, who's just, he's a god. He's a Texas football coach that just, He's strict, but he's loving, and he's he's there for his boys. He doesn't take any shit. You have his wife, Tammy, who just is like, sorry, coach, I'm, I'm going to be the counselor at, at your high school. And he's like, oh, I don't know about that, but she doesn't care. She steps right in. They have such a good duo marriage going in that show. And a great supporting cast. You have Matt Saracen at quarterback. 
who has to sub in for Jason Street, the star, who gets paralyzed the first episode. Sorry for spoilers, but that's what the whole show is about. And you just, you're, it's like you're living in Texas with these players, and football's all they got. And, you know, they have to win to keep the town happy. If Coach Slayer doesn't win, he loses his job. So, so much at stake every episode. It's just a very well done show. You will all of a sudden go through four hours and you're like, shit, I'm almost done with the first season. It is to die for. I'm so happy I decided to rewatch it. I'm going to go all the way through. There's five seasons. So, if you're bored and looking for a new show, I highly advise putting on Friday Night Lights. It's on Hulu right now. So, I assume most of everyone has Hulu. So, Get streaming, get watching, go Panthers. My bet of the week this week. I'm taking it to college basketball. I'm taking it to a Pac-12 Mountain West matchup tonight. Arizona State against San Diego State. San Diego State going into Arizona State. Four and a half point underdogs. They're trying to keep their undefeated streak on the line. But they're not going to do it. Arizona State at home. Remy Martin. The money line right now is at minus 140. Not the best odds, but I'm telling you, hammer Arizona State. They're good at home. I wouldn't trust the spread. They're not great at covering the spread always. The game's going to be definitely a close game, but I'm liking Arizona State at home. As I said, a lot of firepower, a lot of offense, well coached. I'm liking me some Sun Devils tonight. Lock it in. It is now time... For my favorite segment of the Riddle Me That podcast, the Fick Cup 2020-2021 fantasy season. We have a week 13 overview with a week 14 preview, which is, yes, ladies and gentlemen, the playoffs. The playoffs have finally arrived. It's been a pretty crazy year. The Fick Cup, you know, It's like a job. You know, each week, you make your lineups, you talk shit, you scout. It's like you're a coach, and it's like you're employed with something else, except you're doing it for free, unless you win. The last couple weeks have been fucked up, to say the least, in our league. We have a lot of teams that are trending down, but a lot of teams trending up. And we're going to get right into that right now. Our first Week 13 matchup, unfortunately, I have to give a shout-out to Dan Fernow's Vegas son. He kicked my ass this week. He kicked the saloon's ass 143-103. to I talked a lot of shit last week on how I was going to take down Ticket. But he then decided to put up the most points in the league last week for a second consecutive week. I didn't think he had it in him. But I also didn't think that Kaseki and New England D would combine for 50 points. Not to mention David Montgomery for 25. So you know what? He took it to me. But unfortunately, it wasn't enough because Ticket will now be spending another year in the Freak Bowl playoffs. Was not able to make it at 5-8. and eight. He was close. He needed them, some things to happen, which I will discuss. But ultimately... It was a little too late for Nick Postovic. Ticket, I wish you best in the Freak Bowl. The Saloon's finishing 10-3 this year. Can't complain. It was a good regular season. 
And we're ready for the playoffs. We got that bias that we wanted. It wasn't the number one seed. We are the two seed. But we're happy where we're at. We're happy our team's healthy. Let's keep it rolling. Next matchup here. Upset alert. We have Big Daddy for three. With a five-point win. 195 against the 69ers featuring Nick and Madison. Not that this matchup affects anything. But Coughlin's going in hot into the freak ball playoffs. It's his first time he's never not made the freak ball cup bracket. But he's going to show the world who Big Daddy is. It wasn't his year this year. His team was decimated by injuries. People might think I'm sucking him off right now that I'm horny for cough. Yeah, maybe I'm a little horny for cough. But at the end of the day... You have to respect the champion. And as much as nobody wants to in the group chat, I will do it. Big Daddy, your glory has not been lost. You're turning the chapter. You need to survive the Fig Cup playoffs. You you don't deserve a freak ball. And I believe that you're going to do great things in the championship. Luke, I can't wait to see you in the playoffs. I'm on the side of your bracket. Finishing 8-5, and five, you're the 3 seed. If you beat Mr. Mike Nasser at 6, I will see you in the second round. And I have you heavily scouted. So get ready, Luke, if you can make it. Next matchup here, we have about that action. 127 to 105 victory over McGee's Human Centipede. It wasn't enough for the McGee's as they just didn't have enough firepower coming from Russ. Russell wasn't only giving off 15 points. Just not going to do it. You know, he, you need Russell Wilson giving you at least 30 to have yourself a chance. Trey Burden at one. Trey Burden couldn't get a slice this week. Not going to cut it. Michael Pittman, eh, gross start. Need to find some boys to play. But, my friend, you made the playoffs. McGee's survived. He had a crazy year, started off one and four. He found that voice in his locker room, then lost it, but was just able to hold on to that voice as he just scored enough points to make it. About that action, finishing 11-2 and two this year. Best record in the league. Congrats to Mr. Lebo as he had a huge he's he won comeback player of the year. Plain simple. I thought the saloons might have a chance, but it 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 it's about that action show right now. Eleven and two. Consistent player. You know, the saloons have him by a couple hundred points but points for, but he's right there. But he's had to bring in the playoffs. You know, he can't have he, he's had a couple Weeks where, you know, he's put up less than 100 and got that W. That's not going to work in the playoffs. So, Mr. Lebo, I wish you the best of luck in this year's freak, not freak bowl, thick cup playoffs. And I hope to see you in the championship. Next matchup here, we have Ethan Holman beating down Big Sam, 119 to 90.7. Big Sam, the big storyline here. Dropping Devin Singletary to pick up Dallas defense for negative two. Starting A.J. Green again for zero with Julio on the bench. I just don't see where Big Sam's mindset is here. I know it was a mistake. I'm not calling him out Big Sam. But you had a chance to do something and you weren't able to get it done. Yeah, you're already in the freak bowl playoffs. But you can still play spoiler. Holman somehow at five and eight. Sliding into the playoffs, still keeping his record intact of never 
playing in the Freak Bowl playoffs. I don't know how he did it this year. But Holman survived by the skin of his teeth. A 5-8 and eight record. We have two 5-8 and eight records this year making the playoffs. Kind of gross to read that. In my opinion, a 5-8 and eight team doesn't really deserve to make the playoffs. But when you have four 5-8 and eight teams, two of them has to make it. So ultimately, it is what it is. Playoffs are playoffs. Obviously, Holman would have liked to have a better season. But at the end of the day, he's here. He somehow made it. He scored enough points this year. He survived. So congrats, Ethan Holman. You are once again in the Fit Cup playoffs against the Dotson Bailouts. Which gets me into my last matchup. The Dotson Bailouts against the Minneapolis Mike Caputos. It was the Bailouts bailing himself out once again. 101.9 to 63 over the Caputos. Another storyline here. Nick Fernando has been starting Taysom Hill at his tight end the last few weeks. The glitch of the system is here. If you don't touch your lineup, even though if ESPN is not allowing Hill to be a starting tight end, if you don't change the lineup at all, you can leave him in there, and that's what he did. He had Josh Jacobs, who didn't play this week, zero points. He slid Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in there at the flex, even though he was sick and he was active, zero points. A real harsh week for Fernando. It came down to the final night with Bustle. Here's so, so here's where the numbers come in here. You had Nick Fernando, Mike Nasser, Ethan, and Tigan all five and eight. It's a battle of who has the most points for who gets in the playoffs. That's a tiebreaker. Ticket finished one point behind Mr. Nasser. Eliminated. Fernando needed Baltimore D to get more than four points to make the playoffs over Nasser, and he, he got three out of Baltimore D. So Mr. Nasser was the winner of the lottery this year, and he made the playoffs. It was pretty unbelievable. It was a pretty fun. It was it was almost as if the Cowboys Ravens knew we had fantasy implications on the line. But at, at the end of the day, Fernando, you shot yourself in the foot, and you deserve your. I gassed you up all year, but your lineup management down the stretch was purely pathetic. I mean, you were risking Taysom Hill. You were putting Taysom Hill on your lifeline, and yeah, he put up 23 points, but when you have two zeros in your lineup and all you need, I mean, you could have started anyone off your bench to get in the playoffs, and you just didn't do it. So you know what? I don't feel sorry for you on this one, Mr. Nato. You are going to the freak ball playoffs, well-deserving of this. Your team had a chance to perform this year, and you just didn't manage them properly at the end. You got too horny for Taysom Hill. I understand the horniness. But you can't get horny for Hill like that. You got to make some moves. And you didn't do it. So ultimately, Minneapolis was a good run this year. But your time in the freak bowl is back. And it's been a little bit. But you better settle up, big boy. Because you got yourself some lineup issues if your boys don't get healthy. Bailouts. You bailed yourself out this year. But I'm proud of you. You started off 5-1. and one. You then proceed to lose four straight games. But now you're going to the playoffs on a three-game winning streak. No one wants to play the bailouts. I'm actually thrilled to be down the two seed right now as I don't want to play you or Holman. With the with Holman being 5-8, and eight, you know, could have McCaffrey coming back, Mixon coming back. I'm happy to be where I'm at. And so this week, I'm not going to do a power rankings because the power rankings are already set for the playoffs. So I'm just going to go through 
And I'm going to talk about the matchups and the playoff rankings. Let's go. At number one, with the buy seed, we have about that action. About that action, terrific year, 11-2. and two, An unprecedented record right there. I haven't seen 11-2 and two in a while. He's going to play the winner of the 5-8 and eight, Ethan Holman's Sabrina's and the number four seed at eight and five, the Dots and Bailouts. That's a matchup right there. That's a rivalry right there. Two good friends, but also heated competitors. I'm going to have to take the Bailouts in this one. Bailouts right now, actually one-point underdogs uh, because McCaffrey is coming back. Well, supposedly coming back. He's had some... He actually missed practice today. He has a, he he aggravated his thigh, so we'll see on that. But I'm taking the bailouts here. I think the bailouts have what it takes to beat a Holman team that's been really inconsistent this year. But also a Holman team that could put up numbers. He, he put up 120 last year. He's got me on the Holman bandwagon. At first this year, you know, we all wanted to see him lose. But now I'm all about Holman. I you know I want I want to see success. But at, at the end of the day, it's a tough first round against by the bailouts, and I'm going to have to take the bailouts on this one. We have, at the number two seed, with a bye, the Sukun Saloon. Great year, you know, at the end, you know, we were 9-1. and one. We wanted to see if we can go all the way. Lost the last two out of three, but still feeling good about the squad. You know, played a, a tough boy team that put up 130, beat, beat the Saloons by .6. Also lost two. I take a team that put up 143. He's not in the playoffs anymore. So all is well in saloon land. You know, we get a, a week to rest the players. We're feeling good. But we're going to play the winner of the sixth seed at 5-8, and eight, McGee's Human Centipede, against the two seed, the 69ers featuring Nick and Madison. I'm going to have to take the 69ers in this one. I know I've been on the commissioner this year, but I want to play him. I want to play the commissioner in the semifinals. It's only well, you know, we've we've split the series 1-1 this year. Someone has to battle it out. And I don't think that that the McGee's Human Centipede has what it takes against the 69ers. I hope that, Nasser, when you listen to this, you're taking this as motivation. Because you have Russell Wilson going up against the Jets. You have Dalvin Cook. You got Godwin back. You have some studs. So if they go off, you have a chance. But you need Russell and Dalvin to have yourself a day. But even then, I don't know if that's enough to beat a team in which the Cincinnati's have Deshaun Watson going off. He has Eckler back. James Robinson. Lockett and Diggs' daddy. Not to mention Mark Andrews is back. That's a pretty good team. So with my conscience, I'm tanking the 69ers. I think he might win in comfortable fashion. But it's the playoffs. The fact that I just said that, it's probably going to be close. So... Hold on to your butts, ladies and gentlemen. These first-round matchups are going to be good. This takes me to the Freak Bowl matchups right here. We have, at the 8th seed, the Minneapolis Mike Caputo's taking on the 7th seed, Dan Fernando's Vegas Sun. This is a rivalry right here. This is a first-round matchup that you love to see. Minneapolis Mike Caputo's you better be ready. You're playing the hottest team in the league right now. You're getting screwed, my guy. You think just because you go to the Freak Bowl 
consolation bracket that you're, you know, you have it set in stone. That is, this bracket is almost more intriguing every year than the regular bracket because there's so much implications right here. The loser of this league, I don't know if, I don't know if I've even talked about the punishment. I, th- I think I've talked about it a little bit, is the loser has to fly to Philadelphia, buy cheesesteaks for the league, and fly back. Now, that might be the stupidest punishment I've ever heard, but I don't think anybody wants to do that. So there's a lot on the freaking line here for these boys. And I'm going to have to take Dan Fernando's Vegas son on this one. Ticket is hot. He, he's been bringing some spunk in the group chat. He's into it. And he's too hot for a Caputo team that's trending down right now. So I'm sorry, Minneapolis. Dan Fernando's take this one. And I think in convincing fashion. Last matchup have we, we have here is the 10 seed Big Sam taking on the 9 seed Big Daddy Ange for three. I This is a matchup here where we think Coon's going to set his lineup. Coughlin's been talking about, you know, he's been monitoring it. Despite Coon setting his lineup, I like Big Daddy in this matchup. You know, he's he's trying to prove that, you know, he's not the freak this year. He doesn't want to go to Philly, that's for sure. I could see Big Sam actually enjoying the Philly trip. You know, he would go and, like, bring a squad and, like, then go off. And, like, we wouldn't see him for a year because he goes out partying somewhere. I don't know. But he would actually enjoy his punishment. So I think Big Sam actually might, you know, he 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 kind of wants to lose to get the punishment. But at the end of the day, we'll see who Big Sam throws out on the field. We It is yet to be known. But until he has any idea who he's putting out there, Big Daddy for three. I'm taking you in a, a barn burner. That's all the time we have today on the Riddle Me That podcast. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Huge Thursday night football game tonight between the Patriots and the Rams. A lot of implications for both teams. Patriots trying to stay alive in the playoff race. Rams trying to secure themselves a spot in the playoffs. Should be a good one. If you're not doing anything, tune in. Go to DraftKings, see what the promos are. I'm sure they're going to give you something. I hope everybody's doing well. Stay safe out there as the weather gets colder. COVID season. I wish you guys the best during the holidays. And I hope everybody has a great rest of the week. Real Daddy is out. I'll see you guys next week, everybody.